0: for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com ACAST
1: Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
0: Hi there. just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast or even watch it on YouTube. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to get any suggestions and understand what kind of content you're looking forward to to hearing more about. So please rate, please comment, please subscribe. And if you leave a review for the podcast, you'll get a freebie for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. Welcome to the podcast, She is Fab, where we discuss all things, fab, women empowerment and live coaching. My name is Evelyn, also known as the Fab Chief Desk, and I am a mindset transformation coach. Welcome to another episode of the She Is Fat podcast. My name is Evelyn, your host, Mindset Transformation Coach, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Lorraine Patterson. She is a beautiful soul that I met through collaboration, and I'm so happy to finally have her here on the podcast. A little context on Lorene, she's a simple woman who believes that everything happens for a reason, and even if we aren't meant to understand why, we are all guided to the right place at the right time. Armed with this theory, she approaches each new day with a contagious enthusiasm. Her first book, which you'll see in the background if you're watching YouTube, if not, go watch the YouTube, okay. is titled Bring Your Heart for Love. And it's a memoir that was just released this month. Welcome, Lorene. Thanks,
1: Evelyn. Yeah, I have the. Hard the paperback right here. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: I'm so happy to have been super excited for this conversation. I have been waiting for it. Like I mentioned, Lorene and I connected some time back. We've been engaging on social media, and now she's finally here on the podcast. Lorene, the book that you wrote, which again, guys, if you're not watching the YouTube, go check it out. She has the book as a background that you can see, get a sneak peek. Tell us how this book came about.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So I was talk- I've was i been talking about it for over a decade with my friends, um, just jokingly, because people would hear my life experiences and they would all tell me, you should write a book about your life. You could make a movie about your life. But I never really like, I just laughed at them, you know, like, I'm, I'm never gonna write a book, are you crazy? And, um, you know, I let it go for over a decade. And then in April of last year, I joined a virtual writing workshop just for fun, you know, just to do some writing prompts because it was during the pandemic, the start of the shelter in place. And it was with a lot of doctors and nurses. I was with the healthcare company. And as I was writing the writing prompts, it was about my past experiences from 9, 10, 15 years ago, but I started getting this overwhelming Sense of emotion, and I was just crying. And I don't know where all of that came from, but I just opened my computer and I just started writing my book. I I didn't have a plan, I didn't know what I was going to write about. I just knew that I wanted to write about my experiences and my transformation of finding my husband now and into my true happiness and loving myself.
0: That's amazing. So, you started writing the book, uh, was it right when COVID started?
1: Yeah, it was April of 2020 is when I started writing
0: the book. (laughs) So a year, like that's amazing. A lot of folks think of writing a book and it takes them many, many years to produce a final uh, result.
1: Yeah, you know, Evelyn, what's, what's interesting is now that the book's done, it took me, I really started writing hard in July. So July of 2020 is when I wrote every single day for about 30 minutes to an hour. And I made it a goal to write at least 300 words a day, at least. And so I finished my manuscript in December, So it really only took me eight months to write it. But I look back and I even read it and I'm like, did I write that? Cause it it was almost as if I was a different person. Like, I don't even, I read my book and I'm like, I, it doesn't, I don't even believe that that was me. (laughs) You know, it's almost as if I transformed into some different person during that period of time. And now I'm like back to my old self.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's so interesting that you say that. I I mean, well, First, let me just say congratulations, because eight months, that's quite an accelerated timeline to write a book. But then your comment on the fact that you feel like you're a different person when you were writing it versus who you are now. Um, those that know me know that I love journaling. And one of the things that you experience when you review your writing from previous days, years, months, what have you, is that it feels like that was a different you.
1: Mm-hmm and it what it really was because i was bringing out experiences from the 80s when i married my first husband all the way from when i was 16 which was so long ago i'm going to be 49 this year so you know those experiences they're so old and i i really did have to like bring myself back to that memory because it was hard and some of the <laughs> memories are really painful but i really wanted to bring the reader to where i was and to see that transformation of who i am today and i I really just kind of put it all out there. There's experiences in my book that some people never knew about. I mean, there's experiences I'm ashamed of, but Mm -hmm. I really, really, like I said, wanted someone to read that. And if they're going through that, that you can change your life if that's not what you want for your life, because that's not what I wanted. But I felt like that's all I knew was to live my life that way. But it's not Mm -hmm. the way, that's not the way you should live your life if you're sad about it, you know?
0: You're speaking my coaching language, right? We're all about women empowerment and informing women. And as women, to your point, we tend to stick around in relationships or experiences or activities that aren't serving us. And it's because of our history and what we know, right? So it's amazing that one, you're sharing these experiences, this vulnerability, and that you were able to move away from that to now live the life that you want to live
1: and it was hard Evelyn it was hard i mean i was getting involved with a lot of unavailable men and i was not i never valued myself i never valued my body i would just give it away freely and thought okay that's going to that's going to find me love that's going to make me happy and maybe it did in that moment but after i just felt really sad i almost took my life in my 30s and you know i suffered from severe suicidal depression and I didn't want to get help because I was afraid people were going to think I was crazy. They put me in a crazy psych ward, you know, like I didn't know put me in that straitjacket. jacket. So, you know, it was just a lot of things I had to overcome to get to where I am today.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that because that, I mean, when you think about it, any sort of mental state where you're driven to have suicidal thoughts, like that's very serious. And I'm certain that, you know, your loved ones may not have been aware that you were at that point where you were having those thoughts.
1: Yeah, nobody was, not even my children. I mean, I'm a mom of four boys, and um, you know, I just I didn't even want to be a mom. I didn't know how mm-hmm. to love because I grew up in a in a home that had no love, and so that's kind of what I took throughout my whole life. And it was hard, you know, trying to find that on your own. I mean, yes, I went to therapy, but those are strangers, you know; those are people that don't know you, and mm-hmm. I cried a lot. <laughs> I didn't think I could cry any more tears, <laughs> but you know, it's just, it's, it's hard when you don't know what you're looking for and you don't know like how to be happy, mm-hmm. um, but I really, truly feel like I was a vehicle to share my story. Like I, I truly believe I went through all those experiences so I can write this book. I, I really, mm-hmm. really, believe
0: feel now. So that is I, such an important point that you're making there. You are using your experiences, all that pain, all that trauma to share with others so that one, if they can relate, they have something to look to on how to change their situation so that they can help others who might be in that situation. And, you know, when we see somebody who we can emulate or somebody who has had a similar experience, it really does impact how we look at things and how we engage in taking action.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the action part was hard. I thought I was doing the right thing. You know, I, I started practicing positive affirmations. I mm-hmm. discovered me Buddhism, which is a beautiful spiritual practice. I still do. And that helped me overcome the suicidal depression, but I was still involved with unavailable men. I mean, I mm-hmm. had affairs with married men because these men would say, I'm going to leave my wife for you. They never left their wife, but I was so desperate that I would do anything, anybody that paid attention to me, you know, I would be like, Oh, he's the one. It it was just like ignored all the red flags. Right. I just, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to grow to love him. He's He's going to change. He's going to be better. And it was just how I felt about myself. I realized that I didn't love myself. So it wasn't necessarily all these guys faults because I believe it takes two to tango, but I chose to stay. And so I was teaching them how to treat me if you're going to treat me badly, especially the third marriage, you'll read it in my book, but that's where I hit my rock bottom. And Mm -hmm. that was the relationship where he wanted me to make love to men in front of him. That was his fantasy. And it was after we got married. I found that out. But then at that point I was like, I've already been through two divorces. I have four kids. Who's going to want me. I better do what this guy wants. But it only took me six months before I realized I was going back to that suicidal depression feeling and i was never going to go back there mm-hmm. and so i had to get out i had to get out i couldn't stay with him and um you know he passed away last year while i was writing this book so the third husband and the first husband both passed away last year wow so there's something to say about that too like the universe somehow knew it was the time right time to write my book and mm-hmm. these two guys which is the worst part of my book they both passed away within 3 months of each other And I just truly believe I was blessed to write the book at the right time Mm because everything in my life has just fell together perfectly with this book and how it finished by, you know, I released it on April 26th. I received the books a week before the launch date and it was just like everything was just falling into place. And I just mostly just trusted the process and the universe that everything was going to work out. Mm -hmm.
0: I remember when we had our first touch base and you talked about the experience with your husband, where he wanted to share you with other men. And this is after the fact that you're married, you just find this out. And internally, I was just like, oh, my God, that has to be practically every woman's worst nightmare, because you think that when you're committed to one person, it's you and that person. There's not going to be any sharing of the other individual. So the fact that you shared that, I was just like, oh, my God, that's just one experience that she she had. Mm -hmm. And now we're learning, you know, of other experiences like the Mm -hmm. fact that you had suicidal thoughts. I have to commend you, though, because you have an awareness, even though you were dealing with these several scenarios of people and relationships and your own thoughts. You had the awareness to understand that you were going through something Mm -hmm. and you eventually pulled yourself out of it.
1: Yeah. And I write about an experience. I was so angry at my first husband because I was 17 when I married him. I was still innocent and pure at that point. (laughs) And, you know, I went into nine years of more abuse with him and he cheated on me multiple times. And, you know, I write about that in my book because I got involved with unavailable men you know men that had girlfriends because I was like okay now's my time to get back at those women that cheated with my husband and that was my like perception and the reason why I put some of those experiences in there is to show people you don't have to get revenge on somebody that treated you that way like that's not who I I was like after I did these things I was so ashamed you know and I felt horrible and I had I believe in cause and effect. So the karma of when I would meet a guy that I really liked, then he would cheat on me. So it was like this vicious cycle that I was creating until I finally just cut it off and said, No more married men, no more unavailable men. I'm going I deserve a man that loves me completely and whole. And that's when I met my husband. And we've been married we've met in 2017 and we're the happiest we've ever been. He's the the one and only guy that I have ever been so happy with, like my entire life. And I've been with many men. <laughs> so I'm, not I'm really lie. glad for you
0: I see <laughs> yeah. like on your social media you know you have your husband he's a part of that you show the care and attention and that love is is pretty visible right and you talk about that to some extent in your book I'm assuming yeah like
1: I do. how you met your current yeah. husband yeah he's the entire um part four of my book and the transformation so part four is the happy but you have to get mm-hmm. through the first part first three parts to get to that happiness, which is kind of rocky. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Well, it, it kind of follows the the Disney format in a sense, right? Everything <laughs> starts out rocky, then you get your happy ending.
1: Yeah, it is truly a happy ending. I, I truly know now how it feels to be loved by a man because I've been told I love you before in the mm-hmm. past and I thought it was love. But now after being with my husband now, I, I know what it's like to be loved and respected um, mm-hmm. completely. He loves me unconditionally. Like there's nothing that he wouldn't do for me. Um, but, you know, we, we still have problems. We're not perfect, right. <laughs> We're still but you know, it's, it's, it's that whole like communication. Now he doesn't make me feel guilty for feeling the way I feel because I still get mm-hmm. trigger points with jealousy. I, I still get jealous because I don't trust a lot of men and it's still in me, you know, that trauma from all those years of being with those guys that, cheated on me and lied to me. And, you know, it's even the third husband, you know, that was hard because I trusted Mm -hmm. him and, you know, he was bringing men to our house. So it's like, who brings people to your safe haven? You know, like that's your, that's your sacred love place. Yeah.
0: I am obviously we're a product of our experiences and, and I'm sorry that you had to go through that, but I am happy that you now are with somebody who values you, who shows you through action, that they actually love you. Because like you said, somebody can say, I love you, but that doesn't mean anything if the action is
1: contradictory. Yeah, exactly.
0: So I have to ask two-part question. One, your husband, how did he feel when he learned that you were writing this book? Did he know about some of the experiences you had prior
1: to being with him? That's a good question. Um, Some, (laughs) but not all. And and before I wrote the book, the first thing I did was get my kids support because I'm talking about their fathers in my book. Mm -hmm. So all four of my boys, two boys from the first marriage, two boys from the second. I wanted their approval first. And then the second was my husband. And I told him, you know, there's experiences in here that I'm not proud of there's stuff that you don't know of. Um, I'm not that person anymore. And he knows that, but as I was writing, he supported me completely. And so did the kids. But as I was writing, I would read it to him. So he was with me the whole entire process of the book writing. He helped me actually write some of the stuff in my book because there were some things that I would read him. And I was like, I don't know if I want to put this out there. He's like, no, leave it. Um, I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, when I had to tell him about the third husband, I wasn't going to tell him that I was married three times because I was really ashamed of that marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I told him, I, I, I wanted to tell him it was in the Safeway parking lot. And you'll read about this in the book too. But I just felt like that was the time to tell him. It was before we went into the grocery store. And I just remember being scared. I'm like, oh my God, this is either make it or break it. He's either going to leave me or he's going to understand. But I want to mm-hmm. tell him. Because I wanted to build that strong foundation that I never had in a relationship. And I didn't want to build it on a lie. So we were going to get married. He proposed to me. And I was like, well, if we're going to get married, he might find out I was married three times. <laughs> so I just said it. I just said, babe, I have to tell you something. And I just started crying. I couldn't even get the words out. I was just like, I was married three times. And this is what this husband did to me. and That's why I left him. Mm-hmm. And he just held me, Evelyn. And he wiped my tears away. Yeah. And... He brushed my hair back and said, it's okay. And I even get shirrida talking about it. But he's just like, I accept you for who you are, not for what you were. And um, I love you. And so he accepted all of me. And that's that was one of the moments I knew that this man loves me. That's when the trust started coming. Because I was like, uh-oh, he's going to leave me. You know, that desperation again. But I'm like, you know what? It's okay. If he leaves me, then it was meant to be. But he stayed. <laughs>
0: I love that (laughs) applause for the hubby. If you get to see this (laughs) applause to you for, for loving her, for being a kind partner and for accepting her fully, because that situation is scary when you really love someone and you have these parts of you that are hidden because you have shame or guilt. You worry that if you expose that you're going to lose that person. So you were one very vulnerable and very brave to take that action.
1: And I didn't want to lie. You know, I was done lying with people and being dishonest. And I was like, if he leaves me, then it's not meant to be. And that's mm-hmm. that's that's where I was in my life was that I was 42 when I met him. And I was like, I mean, 45. I was like, I'm not, I don't care. At that point, you know, it's like I'm almost 50. You know, if I'm going to be alone <laughs> for the rest of my life, I don't care. I just didn't want to build like that relationship on, on lies because that's what I did my entire life. Mm-hmm.
0: And you know what they say, you repeat the same things expecting a different result. It's not going to happen. So you knew that you had to do things differently in order to get the life that you wanted to live.
1: Yeah. So he 100% supports my book. He, he actually, I've, I've hired him as my publicist because he will hand my business card out to everybody. <laughs> so he actually promotes my book for me. Like he promotes it more mm-hmm. than I do.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. that is so great. I love supportive partners. I'm all about it because you know you like in your experience, you can have a partner who's not supportive, who's not loving who mistreats you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I want to ask because we talked about the fact that you had suicidal thoughts and mm-hmm. you were a mother at that. Yes. How do your kids feel or how did they feel when they discovered that you were going through those emotions?
1: You know, they didn't know, they didn't know until probably up until maybe two years ago. I didn't tell them what I was going through when they would go back to their dads because we co-parented, um, my two younger ones were mostly with their dad and I would get them every other weekend. That's the time when I would go through that sadness, you know, because they were gone, you know, and that was Mm -hmm. my second marriage, but they didn't really know until they really now understand it with my book but I didn't really share it that I was suffering from suicidal depression. I almost took my life in my thirties. I I never told them about that at all. Um, But yeah, I, I share it now because I want them to understand that. Yes. The first husband was really abusive, but he wasn't a bad person. There was things that he went through that he probably needed to fix in his mind, body, and soul. And then my second husband, I carried a lot of my first marriage trauma into that marriage. So Mm -hmm. he wasn't a bad guy. He still had the control in him, but I want my kids to know that their dads are not bad people. You know, they really cared about them and loved them. And I tried to write from like compassion because Mm -hmm. I reflect at the end of each part because I didn't want to talk like bash their, 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 their their fathers. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. (laughs) That just, went off on a tangent.
0: <laughs> no, no, we, you answered the question. Because um, obviously when you have kids, they are a focus of your life. So I was just curious, you know, as to what their thoughts were and finding out that even though you're their mother, you were still thinking in this way, which if you think about it, is selfish, right? Because when you leave, they still remain, right? Mm-hmm. And they will suffer your, your death essentially.
1: Yeah. And that's what the therapist told me. So when I almost took my life in my thirties, this was after my second divorce, we separated and we were going to get divorced. I went off and got breast augmentation. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm going to go get bigger breasts because that's going to make guys want me more. That didn't make me happy. That actually spiraled me down into more depression. It was so painful. I can't even, I would not recommend that to anybody. Um, but I actually wanted to go take them out. And that kind of, dipped me into more depression because my second husband would have let me get it. So after we divorced, I was into this mode where, oh, you're not going to give it to me? Okay, well, I'll just divorce you and I'll go get it myself. And mm-hmm. so it was just this this thing that I was in, this weird mental state. And, you know, um, the therapist told me the next day I didn't take my life. I actually heard something when I was about to take the pills. It was Percocet pills. And I was just like, it scared me. I don't know what it was, but it scared me. And I went to the therapist the next day and she said, if you take your life, you will break your children. And I didn't want broken children because I was a broken child. Mm -hmm. So I broke the cycle. I was like, no, it stops now. And that's when I really started practicing my Buddhism and talking to other people in the Buddhist community and just getting that depression out and away from me. I didn't want it Mm -hmm. anymore. I was like, I don't Mm -hmm. want this anymore. I, it's not, I don't want to take my life. <laughs> and that option just went away. I haven't thought about suicide for e- decades. <laughs> you know, it's completely gone. I don't think about it. At all. Oh, I'm happy to
0: hear that because, I mean, obviously I don't know you extensively. Our relationship, you know, from, from the and is very superficial. We just met collaborating in this social sphere. But the sense that I've gotten from you, from your social media, from the interactions that I've had, is that you are this light, this light that is trying to share love that is trying to uplift other people. And so to lose someone like that, who has that energy, that positivity, that that love would
1: be so sad. Yeah. Yeah. And I always have tried to smile like people used to tell me, you don't have any problems because I would just smile all the time, like how you see me right now. But I would get in my car after work and I would cry and I was so sad. If I wasn't at work,
0: mm-hmm. it would
1: drop me down into that those thoughts of being not worthy and nobody loves me. And it was weird. I had to keep myself busy basically to not think about depression.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that kind of helped me, my job, because my career has always been stellar. I've always had a great career. Mm-hmm. And I put my thoughts myself through school. I got my master's and my bachelor's on my own. Um, cause I didn't have parents who paid for my schooling. So I had to do it myself. I'm still paying back the loans, but you know, I was always that it was weird. Cause somebody put this into perspective for me that my love life was horrible, but my work career life was amazing. And how could I get this so amazing life of, of my career? But my love life was like in the trash can <laughs> and I couldn't like piece that together. And somebody just opened my eyes to that. I'm like, Oh my God, I never saw it that way. <laughs>
0: That's because we as women are really good at compartmentalizing. <laughs> and so we can have an area that is like amazing and have another area that is, to your point, lackluster. Yeah. Yes. I have to commend you too, because you mentioned that as you were writing the book, you didn't want to frame these men as bad men, right? Yeah. you were showing compassion and putting yourself in their shoes, And obviously, maybe they had their own trauma, their own issues that they were dealing with, which caused them to lash out and not treat you the way that you deserved. That is so important. And that awareness as well is just like, wow, you're leaps and bounds over so many people who don't have that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because that was one thing I didn't want to do was right from a place of anger and victim. I wanted to right from a place of compassion and even with the third husband as much as the hurt that he did to me and before all this so they call it cuckolding but before his mm-hmm. cuckold fetish, we were just together his boyfriend and girlfriend and he was having side things with his wife his ex-wife and you know he just did did different things and he wanted to to do swinging you know where he wanted to couple swap and i was like i didn't sign up wow. for this.
0: what's the point like, of getting married if you're just gonna do that <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know. And and what I what I started, I started researching, too, when I was writing about him, because I was like, what made him do that? And the cuckolding fetish is for men. Sometimes men don't feel like they can satisfy their satisfy their wives. So they tend to look for other men to satisfy them. And that's that kind of opened my eyes a little. I'm like, well, maybe that was the thing because he used to always make those comments to me. Oh, I don't (laughs) feel like I can satisfy you. I feel like your sex drive is higher than mine. And it just opened my eyes. I'm like, you know what? Maybe that's what he was suffering. But he was the type of guy that was closed off, never talked about his feelings, not spiritual at all. He was the macho man. You know, like, I got to be macho. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a, I am ai got to go to the gym and, you know, that kind of attitude. So I don't think with his ego, he would have never came out and said he has some kind of, you know, mental issues with that.
0: Mm-hmm. You're a better woman than me because I recall when I was dating – Back in the day, I had a man tell me, hey, I'm not interested in a relationship. Traditionally, I would like to be with somebody who would also be with other men. And I want to be there and watch. And I was like, what? What is this? But I didn't research. I just said, not interested. No, thank you.
1: (laughs) And at least you knew before, like you married him. Yeah, I married this guy and that's when it came out. And I was like, whoa, where did this come from? You know, but at that point I was just like, Well, I guess I can do it one time because if that's gonna mm-hmm. make you happy but then he wanted it all the time. And I was like Yeah. He wanted a regular. I'm like, I don't want this to be a regular thing. You know, that's, but it was that's amazing. Movie. I mean I love
0: I'm movie. amazed that you even said yes to the first time.
1: <laughs> no. It it really it literally was I thought it was just some fantasy thing that he wanted to do and that was it. That would be done. But mm-hmm. Wanted to do it over and over again, and that was when I it was just stripping my soul. Like literally, I just felt empty inside, and mm-hmm. I even started changing my name in my head. That this this is not Lauren. I'm not Lauren. Mm. I'm somebody else. And it was just crazy, you know, to get through those encounters. But I, I didn't mm-hmm. know any of the men. He was finding all these men. I didn't know mm-hmm. any of them. I didn't know their names. So it was just crazy. And so. Quick pause for a moment, but I called
0: you Lorene, and it's it's not Lorene, it's Lauren. (laughs) Yeah. Why didn't you correct me? (laughs)
1: You know why? Because everybody calls me Lorene. So my name, if you look at Corinne, it's kind of the same, but with with Mm -hmm. an L. And so I just, I ignore it now. I think I'm just like immune because everybody calls me Lorene or Lorraine. So I'm like, okay, that's fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I failed as a host. I got her name wrong, I assumed. The pronunciation and I was wrong. Bad me.
1: Everybody, everybody does it. That's why I just ignored it. I'm like, it's okay. So just to just to confirm,
0: is Lauren? Yeah, Lauren. Lauren. Okay. There we go, guys. Call her by her actual pronunciation, Lauren.
1: <laughs> I should have told you, but yeah, usually before I start an interview, I'm like, it's pronounced as Lauren. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Do not feel, you know, any sort of embarrassment in correcting people. Own yeah. your power and your name. There's power in your name. It's important that folks say it, Thank right? You. Thank you. Um, but going back to your catalyst, right? So we've talked about briefly about some of your relationships and the treatment there. And the one that comes up often is obviously this man you were married to and that cuckolding scenario. But was there a specific moment where you were just like, enough is enough. I'm
1: done. Yeah. So that was, and I write about that in detail in my book too. But yeah, that was the the part where it was the final encounter where I was looking in the mirror and just staring back at this hollow person. And that's when I woke up and said, I can't do this anymore. But of course, I didn't have anywhere to go because I lived with him. So I had to plan it out. I had to find my place to live first if I was going to move out. And so I had planned everything to where I could just leave him a note because I wasn't, I wasn't strong enough to just leave him. He, I was always the girl that got sweet talked back into the relationship. You know, I'm, I always went back two, three, four times, you know, cause I always thought I'm not going to find anybody better. If this guy wants to make things work, things work, go back. But so. I knew that I had to be strong. And I just, you know, left him a letter while he was at work and planned the whole way to get out. And of course he was mad. It was not the right way to leave for sure. But, you know, in the end it was, it worked out because I moved to a small beach town where I could heal, where I could fix myself, my mind, my body, my soul. And I still got involved with one more unavailable man. And that's when I stopped it. So I still wasn't perfect. Even after that relationship, I still had a lot of working to do and Mm -hmm. um, I fixed it though. And that was the last unavailable man that I was ever with. And I Mm -hmm. said, I don't want, I want an available man and I deserve (laughs) an available man.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. Women, you heard that rewind, please. You deserve deserve a man who is available. Treat I, had to, like, I had
1: to, to like treated. say it out loud. Like I had to say it out loud and and believe it because I didn't believe it. I would say it, but I didn't believe it. But I had to keep saying it over and over again, writing it down, putting it up in my mirror. I was just like, I have to affirm this over and over again because I didn't feel like I deserved it, even though I was saying it. I thought it, but inside I was like, I don't deserve this. Do I deserve this? <laughs> it's crazy that inner voice.
0: Mm-hmm. We all have that inner voice, no matter how educated we are, no matter how good things are going, no matter the positive feedback that we get from others, or even like that treatment from your partner. If you're not good with yourself, if you haven't worked out your own internal issues, you're always going to feel that you're not deserving, that you're not performing, that you're not in the state of life that you need to be. Exactly. And you have four boys, right? So Hopefully your boys are also learning through your experience how to be better men themselves.
1: And you know, it's amazing that you mentioned that because my boys are nothing like their father, especially the first two boys. Nothing like their dad. And I'm so blessed because I do see some tendencies in my 19 year old with, with his father. But it's not bad. (laughs) But, you know, they they know a little bit about my book. I I kind of didn't. I told them I kind of don't want you guys to read it until maybe I pass Mm -hmm. away because there's there's a lot of sexual experiences in here. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, my kids that part of my life. (laughs) So I've asked them not to read my book, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but they know what it's about. Okay, and maybe when they're they're, older, (laughs) when they're older. I mean, my oldest is thirty two. My oldest son. Oh my know, gosh. I have a I have two grandkids. He has two boys.
0: I forget so. this because guys, if you're not watching YouTube, she looks so young. <laughs> so she just reminded me that she has grandkids.
1: I have grandkids, I'm a grandma. I like to say Nana because grandma it sounds so old. <laughs> <laughs> so I like Nana. It my first two grandsons. So my first grandson was born on his my oldest son's birthday. So they share the same birthday. And then my second grandson. So that was ten six, and my second grandson is six ten. So how oh, about wow. that for like synchronicity? Yeah. yeah. I'm just surrounded by boys, and I was telling them, "Are you guys going to have more? Because you might just have two more boys." <laughs>
0: You know, have you wanted to have a daughter at any
1: point, or are you just, oh, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I, the baby making factory is gone. I actually <laughs> had to get my, um, I had to, I had a procedure. I had, I had problems with my menstrual period, so I had to get my uterus and my fallopian tubes taken out. So, wow.
0: It's not yeah, I can imagine that recovery was intense.
1: Oh, wow, girl, I had to get, so I, all my kids were natural birth, but I had to get a C section with that. Oh, boy it hurt. It hurt bad. <laughs> That's a pain that was worse than the breast implants. I mean, I was just like, wow, it hurt. Oh I, couldn't even walk. I, couldn't, I couldn't lift my arm. I couldn't, I couldn't use the bathroom. I mean, my husband, my husband was there. That was the second time I, I really felt like this man loves me because mm-hmm. he literally had to put my shoes on. He cared for me like the whole week. I couldn't do nothing. I couldn't put my clothes on. I mean, it was I was helpless. It hurt wow. so bad. Because they, they cut through all those nerves. And you know, for women that have C-sections, they understand, but I couldn't even sneeze. It hurt so bad. Oh my it goodness. Hurt that bad.
0: <laughs> so Lauren has been through several experiences, both with partners, but also with her physical state. From yes. the implants to birth to removing yeah. the birth factory, essentially. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And I talk about that. You're going to read all about my book, but I talk about why that had to be removed. Mm-hmm. It was pretty, it was pretty intense. I mean, I didn't even know what was mm-hmm. happening to me. I was passing out in restaurants. Oh my um, goodness. Yeah. I fell down on the dirty, you know, what night how dirty nightclub bathrooms are or bars. Mm-hmm. I mean, I woke up on the dirty restroom floor, but it was almost as if someone laid me down. Like I've, I mm-hmm. truly believe I've had a guardian angel with me my whole mm-hmm. journey. I, I really honestly believe that now. Because I, I connect with my angelic realm now. I, I pull a lot of angel mm-hmm. cards every day. So I'm really in tune with the angels. And I, I realize I think angels have been with me this whole time. I just believe that because it's been my life has been crazy.
0: <laughs> I'm going to agree with you. To go through all that you went through and still come out on top, still have this positive attitude, still have these loving relationships with your kids, with your current husband, there must be a greater cosmic force that is watching over you.
1: Yeah, and I'm I wanna share with you too is is um I'm gonna start a nonprofit. So that's in the works. So yes. I'm start a I have I am so excited for you. <laughs> but I'll be reaching out to you because you are somebody that promotes this positivity and love and women empowerment and that's pretty much what the the org the nonprofit's gonna be about. So.
0: Yes. Let me know so I can share it all over. I have to elevate and support the women out here who are trying to make a change, make an impact. And guys, I ordered my book. My book is coming. <laughs> and as soon as it comes, I'm going to read through it and learn so much more in detail about her and her experiences. So I recommend that you connect
1: with her and purchase your copy. <laughs> Thank you. You're awesome. I'm so glad we connected. I believe Me that too. people connect for a reason, like people cross our paths for a reason. So
0: yes, and not everyone is gonna, you know, have the right vibe or the right energy. But like I told you in our previous conversations, I felt that our vibe, our energy was yeah. so great. And it's even prevalent in how we engage uh, in social media. So I value this connection.
1: Yeah. And I love the Fab Chiefest name. That's just I look, I go to your page and it's just so bright and colorful and positive and inspiring. And I'm like, oh my gosh, and she does (laughs) reels because reels are awesome.
0: (laughs) Oh, thank you guys. She's, she's over here feeding my ego right now.
1: (laughs) No, I love it. I love your page. I I fell in love with your profile instantly. That's why I was like, I have to connect with this girl. (laughs)
0: Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And the love is mutual. Again, I really love what you're putting out there. And it's the reason why we engage and why we connect, right? Because there's something there that's pulling you to the person. So Lauren, I want to ask, are there any tips or advice that you can share with the audience if they're dealing with a relationship that they need to escape or dealing with any sort of suicidal thoughts? Can you share your your advice on that?
1: Yeah, I think, Just from what I did to help change my mindset was, you know, know that you deserve better. If that's not what you want to be in, if that's not the relationship you want, don't be afraid to know that there is more out there. Because I thought that that was the end all, you know, that third husband, that's it. I'm not going to be with anyone anymore. But once I changed my mindset to know that I still believe in love, more importantly, love myself because I didn't love myself that's when all these doors just opened up for me and and mental doors, I call it. And that's why my book is chained up, you know, the chains are broken, because I literally had to break my own chains from my heart, so mm-hmm. that I could allow the love I deserve in. Um, so that's the advice I would give is just reach out for help. There's so many resources out there, people that are helping people for free. Um, reach out to me, I uh, I'll be a shoulder to lean on. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm happy to talk to someone if they just need someone to talk to. But yeah, I think just reaching out to someone and talking to someone is, is what really helped me.
0: I love that. And one point there that that is so important, you mentioned that you didn't love yourself. You have to love yourself because if you love yourself, you'll be able to love others and in turn receive that love.
1: Yeah, and set boundaries. You know, boundaries is between you and you. I learned that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if, if it's not okay with you, then that's a bound. It's it's that's okay. If it's not okay with the other person, who cares? It's a bound. Ba- it's between what's okay with you.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's
1: what I had to learn. Boundaries.
0: <laughs> Agreed. Boundaries is definitely important, especially in relationships. Yes. So guys, uh, obviously, we're going to put all the details for how to get in touch uh, with Lauren. We've talked about Instagram. She's on Instagram and she has a beautiful new website as well. Any other areas that you want folks to
1: connect with you? Um, LaurenPatterson.com. You can go to my book website, which is ScreenYourHeartForLove.com. But mostly I'm more active on Instagram. I mean, I'm on Facebook and Twitter, but Instagram is my jam. I like Instagram
0: guys definitely go check out her instagram she posts amazing content a lot of music and dancing which i love I'm all about that
1: did you watch my green day one i did a green day one last night i'm always watching your stuff i'm gonna tag you on the awkward awkward dance challenge there's an awkward dance challenge going on right now
0: oh really yeah definitely tag me because i love watching those i don't i don't always engage in them but I've been thinking maybe some TikTok challenges are are in the works.
1: There we go.
0: (laughs) So Lauren, any last thoughts you want to share?
1: No, just, you know, be safe, love each other, support each other. And um, yeah, spread kindness, spread it around like confetti. That's what I always like to say.
0: Yes. Again, thank you so much for coming on here, for sharing your story, your wisdom, and being vulnerable and brave because it takes bravery to provide those intimate details.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. And I'll see you. I'll see you soon. <laughs> yes, you're
0: welcome. This was such a great conversation. All right, guys. So like I always say, preparation, accountability, execution, and resolve are keys to your success. Until next time. So as you know by now, we're all about informing and empowering women. Well, now there's the addition of the She Is Fab shop where there is empowered fashion, printables, journals, mugs, and face masks. Check it out at www.sheisfab.net. That way you can purchase something for the lady, woman, or girl in your life.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts,